This is the Podcast Inc. production. Booyah! This is the moment podcasting fans listening around the world have been waiting for. Coming to you not so live from a listening device of your choice. It's time! Podcasting out of this corner, a mixed martial talker, holding no professional record. He stands at six feet one and one half inches tall, weighing in at whatever he feels like, hailing out of Toronto, Ontario, Canada, presenting the sometimes angry, always funny, Self-proclaimed podcasting champion of the world, Steve Fingerstyles! So, welcome to another rendition of the podcast. I am here once again, always again, and brought to you by... Firstrow.ca. This is Max from Godtill 5. You can get a special discount code of that podcast 20 where you can head on over to firstrow.ca for nerd culture collectibles, wrestling figures, and they're based out of Winnipeg, Manitoba. You idiots. So make sure you head on over to firstrow.ca, get your cool nerd culture, and hit up that podcast 20 for some sweet, sweet discounts. This podcast is also brought to you by. This is read to you by Jesse from Got Till Five. Um, Bossfightbooks.com. They do great books, mate. Really good books. They're about um, classic video games. They're in ebooks, so you're not killing trees. Just get it on your tablet or your Kindle or whatever. Save the trees. Um, and um, but they do come in paperback as well, so the trees die anyway. So you might as well. Trees are already dead. Just buy it in paperback. They do them on video games um, like um, Shadow of the Colossus, Shovel Knight. That's about Little Night Fella with a shovel. Um, Silent Hill Two. So if you like a bit of alone time on a hill, this is the book for you. Okay. Uh, Bossfightbooks.com. Go buy it, you morons. And if you want to support me directly, you can visit my merchandise store at tpublic.com or scroll down on today's device. It's embedded right there in the description. Click on that link. It takes you right to the merchandise store. I got everything from hoodies to t-shirts to travel mugs to phone cases, anything you need or want, literally there. But if you don't want to support anything monetarily, the easiest thing, the most free thing, takes you two seconds, rate, subscribe, review on all major platforms, most specifically Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. So obviously, you guys know who's on today's show: Max and Jesse from God Till Five. Dude, I think I think the listeners will be shocked to know that thirty seconds before going live, we came up with those adverts. They didn't come up; we were just told to do them. That was off the cuff, baby. And they were the best ones you've ever done, Steve. Well done, Steve. You're going to move merch now. You're going to move that money. <laughs> That's hilarious. See, now we're ready to start our own podcast if we ever venture in that route. Oof! We got yeah, a down path. Freeway, freeway, freeway. So what's going on, gents? What's new? What is new? We are six episodes away from our 
untimely death. Is it untimely if we planned it? No. no. Um, it's very premeditated. I know. From, from our Jim Jones-style mass death is yes. what we're doing. We're planning. To, so we're just going to drink some <coughs> Kool-Aid at the end of our final episode. And we hope the listeners will join in. Yeah. We're mail out to people like, guys, if you want Kool-Aid, got till 5tmailcom get some merch, get some Kool-Aid, and uh, yeah, join us for yeah. the enlightenment. Did you know in Jim Jones's mass suicide, um, there was a monkey involved in it as well. They had a pet monkey on the <laughs> commune, and um, they made him take—they made him take cyanide, and the monkey got killed with it as well. Wait, that was one of Jim Jones's old dot jobs. He was a door-to-door monkey salesman. The fuck, are we? How can you be a monkey to? salesman if there's monkeys? That's what he did. Today, I would have many monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think they happen no more. But that's what Jim Jones used to do. Imagine Amazon Prime for monkeys. <laughs> This place would be overrun. I'd have so many monkeys, mate. I'd, uh-huh. I'd have, hey, no, but I've got one here. Here we go. Oh, Pulling out his monkey. figures again. Yeah, it's audio. Oh, it's it's a oh, oh yeah. what the fuck? That's some scary ass <laughs> shit, man. What the fuck? So, Picture like... like a, for our audio listeners, there's a two-foot monkey that Jesse's putting his hands up. Um, yeah, that's disturbing. I'm just nah, man. So Steve can post that and uh, there we go. Thank you for that. Cool. Um, but to answer your question, Steve, we as human beings are fine. We have the pubs open again, so that's all we need in life. And yeah, podcast is coming to an end. Can't wait. Honestly, get, I can't wait. Do you know? I'm counting down the days. Do you know what you're going to do on the last episode, at least, or it's just? Uh... We'll uh, we'll invite Benjamin Banks because he clearly is <laughs> to have anyone else on his podcast, so we'll just have him on. He's the big star. And that'll be it. Well, between you and me, Steve, um, what we're really hoping for, this sounds terrible, okay. but wouldn't it be great if Ric Flair died just before our last podcast? And then we could do a celebration of Ric Flair's career and life as our final ep- ever show. I think that would be perfect. Well, I, so for us, I think six it, weeks is all Ric's got left. I think uh, you brought this up either on this show or on your show once, too. Any time. Any shows. Yeah. Any times. We, we've actually been doing a bit, bit of a prayer circle. So um, if it doesn't happen, Jesse's going to go to North Carolina and make stuff happen. <clears throat> I'll go postal. He will go postal. And then that will be the most perfect 100th episode ever. If not, we'll be having, like, past guests on. We'll be having the Steve on. And we'll just be, like, talking about the good old days and whatever. But, you know, we're really hoping for an old man to kick it. Fantastic. That's just Cheers fantastic. <laughs> and I don't know where you went, Max. You disappeared on us. Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Okay. Oh, video-wise. Yes, I did. Oh, my God. Thank God this is not video. No, no. Yes, no. Oh, he's coming back. There he How is. Come you've, you've never gone visual, Steve. How come? <clears throat> because I'm lazy. Is that is that fair enough? No, it, it's, no it's not being much. lazy. It's just because I know a lot of guests don't want to do video as well. And that's the reason why, not to say it's only the reason, but one of the reasons I get a lot of guests too is because it's audio only and they feel more comfortable and whatever. They don't have to spruce up or anything. You know what I mean? So I don't really want to change that. And plus, yeah, it's an added layer of editing and doing other shit too. So, but... If, if this becomes, honestly, if this is my full-time gig and I have nothing else to do, yeah, I'll do video. Then I have no excuse, right? In like two months, I've got nothing to do with my life, so I'll happily uh, jump on that bow wagon. Yeah, there you go. Leave this, this dying ship behind and jump on a real podcast like that podcast. <laughs> 
I'm going to swerve you so badly. What? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you have no idea. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay. I have no idea how high I can fly. <laughs> I want to do something different. Okay, a lot of the... We usually just always talk about wrestling, shoot the shit on that, you know what I mean? We sort of talk like small talk here and, and there. But the listeners don't really know who Max and Jesse are. So when these guys are on, we're going to have a little segment called Getting to Know Max and Jesse. So I'll ask these guys each one question, you answer it, and then we'll go from there. And then we'll get eventually to our wrestling talk and whatever else we want to get off our chest. Sound good? Loving this. Sounds nice. Loving this. Okay. It's only taken you, what, like three years or whatever the fuck it's been <laughs> to actually ask us about ourselves. Well, I know everything and I need to know about wrestling-wise, you know what I mean? I'm sort of like your likes and dislikes, like TV shows-wise, like music-wise. So I sort of, but I don't know, like, your favorite sort of, like, say, for example, it's not going to be a question, but one of your favorite bands, like, you know what I mean? Like, I know you're into that genre, but I don't know what is your top band, right? So, you know what well, I mean? Well, if you listened to uh, two episodes ago, you'd realize we interviewed Bill Stevenson of The Descendants, which people can check out and buy merch at godtill5.tmail.com. See, I know that, but I thought you guys were just playing it up. Like, oh, yeah, these, like how I say, oh, this is my favorite wrestler when I have a guest on, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you, Pillman Jr. <laughs> I thought bigger sense. All right, who wants to go first? Jesse, always. Okay. So, Jesse, what... Okay, if you... <laughs> these are going to be out there questions. Not gonna, like I said, it's not going to be like your regular band question, like what's your favorite, whatever. Okay. If you were to have a choice of ODing on a drug, which drug would it be? Um, any drug? Uh, well, it would have to be heroin, right? Like, <laughs> no, it doesn't. It would have to be. Yeah, obviously it has to be. What do, what do you mean? Why are you like laughing as if that's a mental choice? Because like it chills you out. Apparently, okay. it makes you like just completely. So I don't think anyone has died of a heroin overdose unhappy. Like they all look like they all have a faint little <laughs> smile on their face as they're lying there with the needle hanging out of their arm. I've seen true crime documentaries, right, where shit like this has happened, and that is the drug. Um, I mean, it, but it turns on the mood, right? So right exactly. now I feel like that because it's late in England. So I'm feeling pretty chill, you know, and chilled out. <laughs> would have been but, and, oh, if it was, yeah, but, it, but if it was the middle of the day and I was stressed yeah. out, it was like, fuck it. Just like, I just got, I'm just going to smoke some crack and go postal and um, I'll go out that way. Just depends on, depends on my mood. That's fair. Okay. Heroin it is. All right, Max, you ready for yours? Do I get to answer the same question? Because I have an answer for that. Okay, go for it. And then, Jesse, you could answer Max's too if you want. So I had a conversation the other day about a drug called DMT. Okay. Um, And it's a hallucinogen that you take. And apparently it's what you experience what life is going to be like 30 seconds before you die. And I was chatting with someone who was just like really into it. They're like, yeah, we can go to a field and take this shit. Oh, my God. And I was just like, that just doesn't sound like a very nice time. The pubs in England have been open for three days, and you're already, already mingling with these people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I'm I'm okay with these life choices I've made, um, but yeah, just uh, she was explaining it that just like you you feel this like euphoria of like you're about to, and just for me, if you're going to take a drug, you don't want to take a drug that makes you feel like you're about to die in thirty seconds. Mm. So for me, if I was going to overdose, at least I know what I'm I'm expecting, and then I just go over the edge. But then you can't do anything. That's fucking horrible, man. Like yeah. so, you know, so you know it's going to happen in thirty seconds' time. But 
you can't do anything about it. So you just got to sit there for 30 seconds going, I know exactly what's going to happen. This is going to suck. <laughs> but apparently it's like this like out of body euphoric experience of like the beauty of death and all this kind of stuff. Um, and honestly, this is why I sign up to movie packages and all sorts so easily. Cause she spoke for like 30 seconds and I went, interesting, <laughs> interesting. Scary yeah, shit. DMT you, over heroin for me. What about you, Steve? Do you have a, do you have an idea? You know what? <clears throat> Only because someone and more than one person has told me this in the past. Not that I've ever done it, but now I'm curious. Well, not now, but back then. Crack. Just do a fucking shitload of crack. Because everyone says that's the best high. And that's why you always see crackheads and they keep going and going. You know what I mean? So why not crack? <laughs> they got, those crackheads, they got a lot yeah, of energy. Yeah. They're a, they're a sprightly bunch, those crackheads. Right? <laughs> Okay, sorry, question two. Question number two. All right, Max. Now, if you had the choice between never eating your favorite food for the rest of your life or never having sex for the rest of your life, what would you take? (laughs) Because now this will see how much of a perv you are versus a foodie. So that's why I'm trying to get to know you here. (laughs) Honestly... I'd probably pick the food to keep in my life. <laughs> <laughs> so you're food I'm 30 you years old. Like I've, I've had a lot of sex and it's been good and it's been great. And it's just like, am I going to experience anything past that point? Uh-huh. Or am I going to find a great ramen restaurant? Let's, let's <laughs> oh just wait that up. Like people aren't inventing new sex, but people are always inventing new recipes, guys. Can like, you have sex with the food? Like an apple pie, my friend. American yeah. pie taught us well. Yeah, exactly. If you choose sex, good, then yeah, you could have sex with any food you want. fluffy omelette. But what, like, are we talking just full penetrative sex here? Or like, yeah. could could you still get a gob job? Hmm. Okay, okay, uh, to be fair, okay, fine. No penetration. So you could get, you could get jerked uh, off, go you obviously, obviously choose the food then, because you just, I don't know, man. Just do, do the other sexy stuff. I don't know, yeah. man. I don't, but it's only one type of food, though. It's one type of food. Like, I could go the rest of my life not having, uh, I guess, pizza forever, knowing that I'm going to still be able to have sex. Not me. <laughs> funnily, and it's funny you should say that, because pizza is my favorite food. And me too. I could, <laughs> and I consume it like I'm a Teenage Mutant oh. Ninja Turtle. But right. I just, yeah, um, I couldn't do it i couldn't not have pizza in my life but if i'm allowed to do By the way, what's, a bunch what's of other crazy perverted stuff so yeah, like if, if i choose the sex option yeah. do i just have to eat like rice or do I, am i never hungry no you could eat you just can't eat your favorite type of food that's it you can eat oh, everything else okay. so you now like if you eat your favorite type of food now you would get an allergic reaction and die yeah okay yeah. That, there you go i love a lot more food and i love a lot more women so yeah <laughs> <laughs> life choices I, my friend I'd, I'd, yeah, I'd stick with, I'd carry on eating pizza, carry on eating my favourite food, and then just stick my dick in any inanimate object I come across. Well, like I said, <laughs> the you keep, that we saw earlier. there's still oral yeah. and other shit, so there you go. Exactly, yeah, I'd be, I'd be fine, oral and other shit. <laughs> Fantastic, and that's getting to know Max and Jesse. <laughs> piece of cake, I, everyone knows it's so much better now. I want to know a whole show of this. <laughs> Steve giving us hypotheticals to debate. <laughs> okay, before That's we get into the rest, idea for a new podcast, it is. There you yeah. go. Hypotheticals. Okay. Rather's. Before getting into the wrestling talk, one more thing. I got to get off my chest this week. 
So, I know Jesse for sure. You're a huge Breath of the Wild fan, correct? Correct. Max, what about you? Um, no, because I'm really impatient with open world games. I lose oh. interest very quickly if there's just too much to explore. I'm a bit ADHD when it comes to video games. Uh, okay, so we're the complete opposite. I love open world. That's like my shit. I, I could get lost so easily in it and I could just play it forever. Okay, but have you played Breath of the Wild though? Or you didn't even bother? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I got like six hours in and then there was something shiny and I got distracted. Fantastic. Okay, I fucking hate this game and I wish it was never made. How about that? <laughs> And I know I'm in the minority. I'm not stupid. I know how everyone thinks this is the greatest game of all time. And all this other shit. But I can't. I just can't do... I don't know if it's because I haven't played a Zelda game in like maybe 10 years or something. But but even story aside... Okay, okay. Calm down. (laughs) Calm down. Jesse's a monster. We've all had a laugh. Um, Let's start from the beginning, Steve. Okay. okay, So so you you turned it on. You started playing the game. Yes. First off, did you you buy it before you started playing it? Yes, I did. Right, okay. So you threw down like 50 bucks for this game. You're already annoyed that you've spent 50 hard-earned dollars on this, right? Right. So so you turn it on. You start playing. um, You start in the little shrine... And then you walk out and see the big, beautiful open world. Which was great. I loved it up till then. So right. far, so good. Yes. Cool. So then you run into um, the old man in the hood who starts telling you to go and get shit, right? And it's kind of a disguised tutorial of like learning the game. Exactly. Are you enjoying it still at this point? Little bit. Not as much as I thought I would. Because I got lost Why? a lot of times. So his directions were shit. Go southwest yes. of the rock. Fuck yes. Off. I will. Thank you. I will agree that... Yeah, when he does sort of say, oh, and you need to highlight on your map the three shrines you can see from here, and that that isn't explained well. I agree with yes. that, and that's a bit of a pain in the ass. But oh, after that, the game just gets... It's the freedom, Ooh. my child. Like, you sort of... You're, you're given, once you've done that sort of disguise tutorial, yeah. you can do what the fuck you want. You can go where you want, and the story opens up for you in your order. So you just explore... Oh, don't get me wrong them. here. There's I'll no tell you... Narrative. That's incredible. It's one of a kind. I'll tell you. I'll tell you where I'm at because I'm. I put down hard-earned money and I'm cheap this way. And even if I hate a game, I'm gonna finish it because I fucking put money into it. So I'm gonna eventually finish this fucking game. I don't care how how much I despise it. But I'm at the part. I don't know where the fuck I. I. I'm, I don't know. I've. I've done three towers. I've unlocked three pieces of the map. I've done like fucking nine of the shrines already. And I'm on the part where I have to go to those four creatures to go fight Ganon eventually. Yeah, that, that's the whole game, basically. Okay, so that's where I'm at. Creatures and then Ganon. But here's my problem. Like you said, there's too much to do. You get lost easily. All the side missions is fucking... Unless you fucking literally go through the whole map, it's going to be impossible to find on your own without doing fucking cheat sheets or going online or something. You know, It's not like the other open world games where it shows an X. Okay, go here and then figure it out doesn't even fucking do that it just says oh go to the east of this rock and then hook a left and then go south two steps and then jump across <laughs> this bridge and then look under it and then you'll see something there what the fuck but isn't that a sense of achievement like that's a no an adventure. We're, we're old men now. thank you hand holding i need, thank you you need to go here drop off this and then that's, that's it in your game see max don't understands open world exploration yes don't need it i got shit to do jesse i'm an adult thank you you're, you're both like 
Steve, I understand that, you know, you tried to be a shock jock and all this stuff, so you have to sort of go against... Not even close, but sure. I still still expected better from you. I think... I I don't care. Like you said, you you know you're in the minority. I know that it's one of the greatest video games ever made. Yeah. So, um, I'm not bothered. But it's... Oh, man, no, it's just... It's it's great. But I don't care. It's not a multiplayer game. I don't give a shit if you're playing it or not. <laughs> okay, how about this question? What was one game that you hated that everyone else liked? How about that to each of you? Mm, okay. That fucking phone game that we all tried to play together. Oh, Among Us. You don't like it? No, fuck Among Us. Oh, see, uh, you know what? I played that over Breath of the Wild. <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> Done. Get out of here. I tried to play it with a few different people. I didn't. I didn't get it. It got on my nerves. I okay. wasn't sure what was going on. Fair it, enough. It just annoyed me. Not a technology person. Um, I'm going to now do an ad still piss off Steve. Uh, okay. Borderlands. Oh shit! Oh no! I tr- we That's had that conversation yeah. with the podcast. Yeah, yeah. We we had the video games for lockdown episode with Steve, which you can check out on <laughs> Gotro Five. Subscribe everywhere. And Borderlands was brought up, and I was like, I can't get into Borderlands One. And Steve went, Don't worry about it. Get yeah. into Borderlands Two. Got into Borderlands Two. Played for two hours and went, Nope, still the same shit. Don't like oh, it. Oh shit. Okay. So, What's the matter with you? It's it's Golden like actually cartoon yeah. Golden I, I I think it's that. Cunt track, clap track, whatever his name is. He's like, hilarious. Throw that motherfucker <laughs> into the next dimension so he never exists again. He irritated to no end. Uh, there we go. We got three games that like Jesse with Among Us, That's me with crazy. Borderlands, you with, and I'm fully with you with Sauda. By the way. That's crazy yeah. though. But the best, the best part of that is I didn't waste any money on hating Among Us. <laughs> you know what? Fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> So you're the winner in all of this. <laughs> See, but that's the that's what I love about video games, though. It's that it's not for everyone, but there's a genre for everyone. You know what I mean? So if you're a video yes. game fan, like I know so many people that love video games, but we have nothing in common when it comes to video games. But we still love video yeah. games, so how can we hate? And that leads in right into wrestling. Same thing with wrestling, right? Yeah, it also comes down to the franchise of what you enjoy, because like. I've never enjoyed the Assassin's Creed series. Like I've oh, always never got on with then. them. I can against them. Jesus Christ! No, no, no. But I've I've, I've just bought Valhalla on the Xbox. Oh, okay. I'm obsessed with it. Oh. I love that shit. It's the best, one of the best games I've ever played. See. But I've played like Odyssey and Black Flag and all of these kind of stuff, and it okay. just doesn't vibe with me. Oh, but okay, so okay. that's my advice to people. Like, just because one game in a franchise is bad, true, doesn't mean you should give up on the rest. Bringing it full circle, I'm so fucking ready for a new good wrestling game, right? Speaking like, of new wrestling game and the Switch, you should check out Retromania Wrestling. That is, is actually... It oh, it's very good. And you could go check out previous episodes because I've had the writer on, I've had one of the wrestlers in Nikito Koloff on, and I've had the, the main creator on as well. So, <laughs> cheap plug there. Ah. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so but, AEW uh, um, putting together a game, right? And okay. Yes. Yeah. Based on like people like Kenny Omega being involved and stuff like that, you would hope that the right people, people who are actually fans of good old games, are overseeing this, right? And it's and we have good. the old head of WF No Mercy joining the That's company. Right. Yeah, it's produced by Ukes, and for me, Ukes produced the greatest yes. SmackDown versus Raw games. Without yeah, doubt. And here comes the paint, which is one of my favorites. Another exactly. Good one. So, yeah, yeah. Hypes are very host, but we'll get into WrestleMania in a bit. But, like, they played a trailer of 2K22, mm. and it looked pretty fucking good graphically. And I know a couple of people who might be uh, working on the old game, and from what I've seen, 
looks pretty good. Name and no names, but I think we can piece yeah. things together. Yeah. yeah. Exciting. I, yeah, I, oh man, I hope it's good. The, the 2K games, like, the rosters were so fucking good. Right. Like, the, that was the best thing about those games. It just had everyone you could possibly want, except Dean Malenko, that's been associated <laughs> with, like, WE. And, and, like, so you could build these incredible universe, and, like, yeah, man, I could make, like, my complete fantasy. Like, when I was a kid... <clears throat> Shawn Michaels in my fantasy Hasbro league when I was playing with my toys. Right. Shawn Michaels would defect WCW and be the he third man of NWO instead of Hulk Hogan. It was yesterday. Like, that's how, how my storyline <laughs> went. You could actually do that in the 2K games, which was awesome. It just the actual game was shit, which is such yeah. a shame. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what they need to bring. Really step up their their game on for sure. So I'm I'm excited. You know they've they've been smart. They've taken a two year break and they've gone let's make it good. Um, mainly because I feel like they know they're going to go up against AEW, who are going to produce a good game. And they seem like the type of people, because Dean Malenko's a backstage talent, they'd probably put him in. Oh, man, yeah, any game with Dean Malenko in, I'm, I'm there. He's only been in one video game. One video game. That's crazy. It was, um, yeah, SmackDown 2 on um, the PS1. Oh, there you go. Only and he had that horrible... Um, do you remember when he was the ladies' man when he came yeah. to WF? That's and, right. So he, so he has, he had that gimmick choice for him. Like, yeah. If you're going to pair up a gimmick with someone, right. that is not the choice. <laughs> yeah, 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 he was like perving on Lita in the shower and stuff. <laughs> and it was, yeah, that was his gimmick in that game. So the one game he's in, he's got his shittest gimmick he ever had. I want the Iceman. Iceman. Yeah, no kidding. Perfect. We're about halfway into the podcast. We have yet to touch on WrestleMania, which is great because this comes out a week later than all the other people who talk about Mania and everything. Again, it's not a review. It's just us talking, to, shooting the shit and talking about wrestling and what we like. So I actually like this format a little bit better because it's not wrestling heavy. So with all that being said... Are you, con- are you convincing them or yourself, Steve? No, I'm like, like I understand everyone's all burnt out, especially after WrestleMania week. You've watched all the shows. If you watch everything in wrestling, you've watched Dynamite, you've watched everything else. Like you know what I mean. And then to go and listen to podcasts about even more WrestleMania, it's like all right, already we know, right? It's true. I'm, I'm happy to do a, do a little recap at the end because this is what always happens at WrestleMania. I have a detox of wrestling mm. for like two, three months afterwards. I'm just like I can't do anymore. Right? I've been watching this shit for seven days straight. It's crazy. And I, I just I need a break. So, I can see um, it in your face. Yeah, man, I'm broken. I'm broken. Thank God the public on Monday. All right. Let's do this nice and quick. So we'll do what our favorite matches were for each night, both for TakeOver and WrestleMania, and then we'll just go from there. So what was your favorite match from night one, gentlemen, of TakeOver? TakeOver, without a doubt, Pete Dunne, Kushida. Mine too. So perfect. We knocked out of the park there. We could just talk about this match. Ten minutes, just grapple. Yes. Um, Loved it. So I get... I get nervous with Pete Dunne because he does get the WE treatment to a degree where they're like, just break everyone's fingers and shrug at the camera right. for five minutes. And that's like, for us knowing Pete Dunne from like a wrestling independent standpoint, that's not who Pete Dunne is as a character. So that kind of thing annoys me. But him and Kushida were just magic together. I agree. Yeah. Me too. Yeah, that was my favorite match. <laughs> 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 Because I don't get to watch NXT a lot, and this is like the first time I've watched it, um, a lot of cool new people win. Uh, Wesley from MSK 
that dude is smooth as butter. See, he's that's because these guys don't watch Impact. You got to support Impact, not only because I've had previous Impact wrestlers, and next week I'm going to have another Impact wrestler, former, actually one half of the longest ever Impact Wrestling Champions will be on next week, so look out for that. But anyways, go support Impact, because those two guys were the rascals in Impact. But they make... Impact just looks like B-movie porn. It's like any second someone's going to fuck someone else. That's all Don't Impact Don't you talk shit like. about B-movie porn. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? They put on some great matches. Yeah, I understand. They have a lot of corny shit going on right now at the moment, but they put on some great matches, and they have... Like, if you look at half of AEW's roster, half of NXT now, it's all Impact from like a year ago. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy, right? Yeah, no, I've never, I've never, I've never ever sort of suggested or claimed that Impact doesn't have a talented roster. That's ne- I don't think that's ever been the case. It's just been a bit misguided with um, storylines and things like that. In production like, value, yeah, and yeah. production value, yeah. Um, um, interestingly, again, I know, so I know your team, Impact. Sorry, Steve, but uh, <laughs> like I was. Um, I was wondering how they were basically still on the air, right? Because okay. it doesn't feel like any wrestling fans I speak to, like no one except you, seems to watch it. And <laughs> it um, and it turns out that they signed these like massive multi-year TV contracts yeah. back when Hulk Hogan was involved in TNA mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Mm. And that's the power of Hulk. Like talk shit about people like Hulk Hogan and Eric Bischoff and stuff. But and Hulk Hogan's yeah, yeah, yeah. But Hulk Hogan's <laughs> name alone just led the tv to go yep yeah, fine you know if hulk hogan's sure. involved we're going to sign this crazy year extension and that's what tna is still living off now it's incredible impact now sorry not tna but you know what i mean yeah exactly no i totally get it i told you but yeah yeah i agree that dunn and kushida match was was crazy I, like it had the perfect amount of technical hard hitting like you know what i mean a little bit of high flying not too much and i think that's what made it for me, because it was, and also it wasn't your typical, I guess, cruiserweight match. Because if you think about, it, technically, they're both cruiserweights under the WWE banner, right? But yeah. it was like perfect, and I don't know. Dunn needed this win, in my opinion, because even with that whole NXT World Title hunt that he lost a few times and whatever, he looked a bit weak. You know what I mean? But he needed this. But what I don't understand is, I don't know if you guys watched it. This week's episode of NXT, Kushida becomes the new uh, cruiserweight champ, so he, he gets a title match after losing to Pete Dunn, and now is champ. Does that make sense? Classic. <laughs> right? I don't like... Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, that annoys me. I don't, how, do we, how do we feel about Kushida in NXT generally? Because I remember when he left New Japan, I was gutted because I loved him in New Japan. I thought he was great. I, and I like that he's kept his character in NXT. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, um, but I, I feel like he's left a hole in New Japan. I thought um, he was... I feel like... And this is a conversation I want to have later. I feel like there's a massive hole in New Japan. Um, but yeah, I feel like Kushida, from what I've seen, again, watched the, I watch takeovers in the occasional NXT. But as you say, he's kept that gimmick. And he still keeps the same style. Like, yeah. Kushida was never super flippy. He was always exactly. more technical. Yeah. And NXT and WWE is going to have no issue with someone being technical. Because it's safe and it's easy. Mm-hmm. Mm. And, and that's why it marries so well with Dunn's style. Because they just had a, gr- a great kind of like middleweight back and forth. It was great. Sure. All right. That was night one. What about night two for Stand and Deliver? And what about that name, Stand and Deliver? You, you like that name? No. And then you had a like giant skull on the stage. Nah. Okay. Um, I hated night two. Oh, okay. I didn't hate it. I, I just didn't like it as much. Didn't enjoy anything on it. Oh. Like, I can't even pick a favorite match to me. 
Um, okay, okay. Jordan Devlin's a piece of shit. Um, didn't enjoy that match just for that <laughs> standpoint alone. Um, I guess Ember Moon versus and Shotzi Blackheart versus The Way was probably my favourite thing. But I that just was mine. It was for just tag team titles. Yeah, that's probably the best one. Yeah. Bronson Reed was my least favourite pick to win the, the night before. Um, right. Him and Gargano didn't gel. Karrion Cross so, and yeah. Finn Balor. Finn was just like dialing it in throughout mm-hmm. the whole thing. And I'll go into detail about Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole in a second. Yeah, no, to me, mine was the the way against uh, Shotzi and uh, what's her name? And Amber Moon. I don't know. I just liked it because it was a solid tag match. Great psychology, like old school, like 90s, classic 80s psychology yeah. to it, sort of. Like, you know what I mean? The heels were cheating like they were supposed to. Bunch of near falls. To me, I think this was the best women's match of all of NXT. Yeah, it was, as you say, it was what NXT used to be. It was using ring right. psychology. Thank it you. was using, like, actual old-school wrestling tactics. Uh-oh. The abomination that is Kylo, Kylo Riley and Adam Cole. How on paper that... Technical difficulties. Like, I feel like NXT... Oh, NXT okay. has become this conditioned thing of just, like, if someone kicks out of a finisher or kicks out nine times in a row, it's an automatic five-star match. Um, you have two guys and like, I I don't mean to do the AEW comparison and I'm sorry, but like, if we take the unsanctioned match that Britt Baker and Funderosa had two weeks beforehand. Okay, hold on. Before you continue, mark it about half. I was wondering when you were going to bring up that match. Because I know you're an AEW fanboy. I was just waiting. <laughs> I have it in my notes. I'm like, I'm not going to mention it. Let's see how long it takes him to mention it. And there it is. Boom. He's going to bring it up. He's going to bring it up. <laughs> Britt Baker versus Thunderosa, yes. and that's how you do an unsanctioned match. You it know what? was yes. violent. It was aggressive. It was 15 minutes of just pure, unadulterated, like, the blood that Britt showed yes. made her an instant star. We know the outcome of what happened after this See, match. But you know what? The one thing I didn't enjoy about that was why give the win to Thunderosa? First off, she's just there on loan from NWA. It's already out there. She's not going to stay in AEW. She has to go back to NWA. Like, you know what I mean? She was just on loan. And again, like I said, why have her win? And then while then the other thing is she's supposed to be the like this top heel for, for the women. Why is she hugging her after the match and congratulating each other? Like that shit, like yeah, that's yeah. old school shit. Like and that's what I don't like about AEW because everyone's okay, as soon as the match is over, drop the curtains, that's it, fourth wall's gone, who cares? Like it's like, come on, man, at least give me something. Yeah, drop drop the key did either of you watch um, years ago this was now I want to say mm-hmm. 2016 or something like that um, Ring of Honor Final Battle um, their pay-per-view which was headlined by Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly for the Ring of Honor Championship I must have watched um, it because that's when I was watching Ring a, of Honor right um, so they headlined it in a hardcore match or a no holds bar whatever you want to call it right, right. and um, so exactly the same as what we got at NXT right but the, the Ring of Honor one um, for obvious reasons, was just phenomenal. Like it was um, brutal and bloody, and it felt like an old school ECW match. You know, it had that sort of vibe about it. Right. But that um, is how you need to do a match like that, and it was sort of contained. Um, and then a few weeks later, um, they had a match at Wrestle Kingdom. Do you remember this? Um, yes, for the world title. Um, for the world, t- so that yeah. yeah, so Carl O'Reilly won it off Adam Cole yes. at Ring of Honor Final Battle, which was in like December or something. Yes, yes. Then yes. you get January um, with Wrestle Kingdom, and Adam Cole wins wins it back. Yeah. Um, 
And that was a really tidy sort of technical match that the two had. So within a couple of weeks of each other, they'd had two extremes of matches um, and both were brilliant. And based on that, I thought just like WWE know what they just put them in the ring and it's gold and just... Well, this is exactly the problem with WWE. Like, we mentioned that Ring of Honor match, and the reason I brought up AEW, that unsanctioned match, was because it was 15 minutes of just bloody violence, of just, like, let's settle this feud. Short and sweet, yes. Kyle O'Reilly, Adam Cole was meant to be this, like, blood feud. Adam Cole had turned his back on on the Undisputed Era. It was meant to be this, like, big blow-off thing. This match went on for 40 minutes. An unsanctioned match went on for 40 minutes. No blood. Thank no you. anything. And um, a referee for what? If it's unsanctioned? And a referee. Two referees. Oh, I, even I, better. I That's right. I forgot about that. And they just went like for 40 minutes. And I feel like the fans of NXT or like NXT in general has been like conditioned that like or for matches 40 minutes long and there's like multiple kickouts and it's an instant yeah. classic. Like there was shit that they were doing. Oh, well, it, Hang on, hang just, on, hang I on, just want to really quickly interrupt Go and on. just say that New Japan subscribed to the exact same philosophy as that, and but we absolutely done it. it. But they do it better. They do it better. The problem with this was, when you were watching it, is they didn't start off wrestling for 20 minutes, and then they got hardcore. Yeah. They got hardcore in the first five minutes, mm-hmm. and they were doing chair shots, chain shots. Yeah. Backdrops on the outside. Within the 20-minute mark, Kyle O'Reilly got thrown through the stage, and then Adam Cole had to drag him out, and they still went back and did more. More finishes, backbreakers over chairs, Adam Cole hitting Panama Sunrises outside. All of this yeah. crazy shit. And the match kept going and kept going. And then the finish was um, Kyle O'Reilly wrapping that chain around his leg mm-hmm. and dropping the knee over over the, the chair, chair. Yeah. which was ridiculous. Like, Adam Cole crawled over onto that kind of chair, and then the he dropped the leg. Yeah. Like, it was just disbelief beyond belief i know um and then i saw everyone praising it i was just like are you kidding me are you kidding me you're praising that match i'm thinking maybe because of how first off a lot of people like long matches i don't i don't understand it i'm not one of those people and then i i think the way they even incorporated the chain that was different you don't see a lot of that you usually see the thumbtacks tables chairs all the usual stuff but you never really see chains anymore that's a rare and the way they use like wrapping it around incorporating into submission hold stuff like that and i don't know i don't maybe because it was unsanctioned or maybe because it was the main event they're conditioned to like it i have no idea but yeah i i agree too there should have been some more blood should have been shorter and i i don't know man like if you if you're going unsanctioned that means you're it's it's outside someone should got hit by a car or something give us something violent that we've not seen before Exactly. I, I totally just realised having to think like we. I was just saying how New Japan do the long matches as well with kickouts and stuff. Um, I've just realised what makes the New Japan matches so good, and um, there's two things that yeah. we all love about New Japan matches, even if we don't want to admit it to ourselves. We love watching people get dumped on their heads and not be dead. True. <laughs> that is a big one, and also we love about 45 minutes into a match. Um, everyone's knackered and then all of a sudden someone will kick out at one and then just jump up and start fucking screaming their head off like at the other person it happens in every new japan made event and i will never get bored of it just get like so many near falls and then all of a sudden they're kicking out at one and just going fucking mental i love that shit (laughs) and it will pop me every goddamn time without yeah Um, yeah, so I'm sorry. Just like night two for me was a complete, complete bust. Yeah, I regret. You're a passionate it. man tonight, Max. 
Yeah, Thank you, go. man. I, I invested five days in this year. I want to hey, talk about it. I don't blame you. No kidding. All right. What about night one of WrestleMania? What number are we at now? 37? Because they don't post the numbers 37. anymore. 37. Yeah. So um, this is big, right? WrestleMania 37 um, is the year okay. that the Iron Sheik finally got to the ring. <laughs> Uh, in WrestleMania 17 at the Legends Battle Royal, that's right. Um, when the Iron Sheet came out, Bobby Heenan said on commentary, um, "He by the time he gets that's to the ring, right. it'll be WrestleMania 37." And here we are. See, uh, fucking COVID both. fucked that up because I guarantee you, if there was no COVID, they probably would have finagled him <laughs> into the show somewhere. And, and my depressing fact for that is uh, WrestleMania 17 was the first WrestleMania that I ever watched. Oh shit! So 20 years. This is my 20th anniversary of watching WrestleMania year after year. And that was just like a. Uh, I've still got two years. Nineteen was my first mania, my so God. I've still got two I'm years. So fucking old. Three was my so first. So fucking old, Steve. Three, three was your first, did you say? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's I know. I feel old. When, when they say it's the fortieth anniversary of WrestleMania, I'm gonna be like, "Fuck me." Now I know how did people you know? felt when the, they they say it's the forty seventh Super Bowl and they've watched them all. I'm like, what? But like, yeah. mate, honestly, I feel old at the moment. Just like when they're putting people into the Hall of Fame, yes. like JBL and Nikki yes. Bella and we all of this kind of RVD. Batista was, I think it was, it was Batista. I think Batista remains the only person with this. So Batista is the first Hall of Famer, certainly for me and Max, where we can remember the beginning of his career. Right. So everyone else who's in the Hall of yeah. Fame has just about ah. like their career started before we started. See, that was me about ten so years ago. Too- oh, yeah, yeah. So uh, no, I get it. I get it. It sucks, but <laughs> what can you do? <laughs> what can you do? Just gotta go on. Just gotta move on. Um, okay. Another Light fact. Um, I've oh got God. another fact. Fun fact. Oh God. Uh, you said your first WrestleMania was WrestleMania three, um, Steve. So WrestleMania four. After that, yeah. this year was the first WrestleMania since WrestleMania four, okay. where yes. Shawn Michaels, Triple H, or the Undertaker We're, did not yeah. compete. Correct. That's crazy, isn't it? I saw that, that fact crazy. too. And this is this is even more important. This is the first WrestleMania that wasn't featuring Heath Slater in the Andre the Giant Battle Royal, even though it was taking place on SmackDown the night before. Most important. Most important. That is, yeah. <laughs> it was it was weird the pre show without without matches. Yeah, but you know what? I agree because you want that first match back with the crowd to you fucking pop. F- yeah. And okay, before we get into favorite matches, night one, wrestling has been in lockdown for a whole year. They've yes. been in the COVID center, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> they are ready to fucking go. Everyone's amped to shit. And then the weather delay for the first time in WrestleMania history. A Not weather kidding. delay stops WrestleMania. Always going to happen. Not only in WrestleMania history, can you remember it ever happening ever for any pay per view or anything? I, I don't think so because they don't usually do it outside unless it's WrestleMania, right? So huh. yeah. WrestleMania's done outside for what the past eight nine years, on something and off, like that. Yeah, in yeah. terms of what they've done, yeah. Royal Rumble two thousand and three, oddly, was. Was open, was, oh, was open it? top. Oh, okay. Yeah, and it, and it was raining for a while as well. Um, but I think because it was, a, it wasn't a like fucking hundred thousand seater stadium. Do you know what I mean? Because they didn't do really do them back then for Royal Rumble, so it was a smaller place. So they were able to get a cover over the ring, but you could see that it was raining when people were walking down the entrance ramp. Did you guys watch all the promos beforehand? Well, this is what I want to say. I want to give credit to those two newbies. So there's the woman. 
the and woman. the Irish guy. Do you? I thought I, I thought the Irish guy was awesome. I thought the woman was terrible. She I, was she, she was terrible. She word. was terrible. She was scared. But imagine you are going live for WrestleMania, and then they go, "We've got a rain delay. You've got a stall." Interview, 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 and then you've got all of these wrestlers who are jacked to sh- like Drew McIntyre. Oh, they're ready to go. I thought he was going to body slam her right there. Yeah, it's like, like, what the fuck? You look at every wrestler, Big E, Drew McIntyre, yeah. Kevin Owens, anyone, yes. they're also out there, they're just screaming at yes. them. Yes. I would be intimidated. Not yeah, kidding, the, new, right? the New Day segment with the Irish guy was awesome. That was the best one of the bunch. But her with Drew, like, Drew was ready to go. That's all he'd been looking forward to all year. And she looked terrified, and rightfully so. I kind of, um, jumping ahead, obviously, but um, Drew and Bobby Lashley opening that match, um, opening the show, and... Bobby Lashley winning. Like, I don't mind that Bobby Lashley won. That's fine. I actually enjoyed but, it because I was expecting Drew to win. Right, yeah. It's cool. It's a cool swerve. Yeah. But poor fucking Drew, man. Like, after <laughs> last year with his... The, do you know what I mean? Like, finally yeah. gets his headline last year against Brock fucking Lesnar in a WrestleMania main event. Yeah. And he's had such a redemption story and he has to do it in the PC. And this year, finally in front of fans, like, this now we should be coronated Drew McIntyre and it just doesn't happen. Alright, so, so what's your favourite... So what's your favourite match for night one then? That one. Well, oh, really? Quickly. Okay. I was going to say, like, that okay. was... And I, I was... Uh, I had a lovely time, Jesse. Our, our friend Cromie, we were, like, sending voice notes. We were watching together. It was beautiful. Yeah. But we both said that that was one of the best big men matches in the history of wrestling. See, no, like, again, that's because these guys don't watch fucking Impact. They did this shit better when they feuded <laughs> on Impact. God damn it. God damn it. Um, but yeah, I, I loved that match. For me personally, my favorite match of the evening was um, Cesaro Seth Rollins. That was a good one too, yes. I watched that twice. I watched it the night and then I watched it the night afterwards. Okay. Um, I have so many good things to say about night one. Night one was perfection, um, except for the women's tag team battle royale, which was awful. Yeah, that But was Cesaro incredible. Rollins, like you had Cesaro have his moment. On, on the grand stage of it all. And those two just work. Like, holy shit that those two work together. I want to hate Seth Rollins so much. And I'm not sure why, really. There's yeah, just something... Face. Yeah, there's just something about Seth Rollins where I go, I really want to dislike you. But he just delivers so consistently, I can't hate him. Mm. I just... He's, he's a really fucking talented dude. And yeah. obviously, it goes without saying how talented Cesaro is. Yeah, no kidding. Well, I'm going to go with this for my favorite match. Miz and Morrison versus Bad Bunny and Damien Priest. I can't I can't argue with you. I mean... Best celebrity match play. of all time? Bad Bunny putting that work in. Right? You could tell. That Canadian Destroyer or Bunny Destroyer, whatever the fuck they want to call it. That, I was just... I was like, what the fuck? I, I, I was... Well, my wife was beside me, but she was doing her own shit. And I was like, you got, you got to watch this. I rewound because, again, being from South America, she loves... Uh, Bad Bunny and shit Not to stereotype But whatever <laughs> I could say Because she's my wife So I'm like Oh you gotta watch this What Bad Bunny did She watches like What the fuck And I'm like Yeah he's been training He put in the fucking work man You could tell It had like Stephen Amell vibes Do you remember when he yeah, Got involved Better be- uh, but You could still tell well. You could still tell Okay how about this All the other celebrities Before would just come in Get an easy paycheck And leave Amell put in maybe A week's worth of Training Bad Bunny was training since before Royal Rumble. You know what I mean? He's doing months. For me, the biggest, and I put air quotes on celebrity, but Pat McAfee in NXT, he is still the top, him versus Adam Cole 
I still feel because that was a one on one match, and his promos he had the whole package. Uh, Bad Bunny was very good. Like he was in there for the majority of the match. Damien was hanging out on the side. That's but Bad yes. Bunny was working that match, and I was having this conversation with Cromie because Cromie was saying like, "Oh, Miz was a champion a month ago, and now he's in this tag match with the celebrity." And I was like. Do you know how much trust WWE have in Miz, Thank you. Morrison, and Damian Priest? To because Bad Bunny is not just like an ex-football player. No, Bad exactly. Bad Bunny is one of the highest-selling artists in the world. Billions of streams the on Spotify. Biggest shit you can deal with right now, and they trusted these three men to look after him. Yep. That is so. You just reminded me of something. Um, I'm jumping around a bit here. Sure. Um, the girl that sang. The um, it, it's not the national anthem, is it? Oh, the, uh, uh, America, America the beautiful. The, yeah, at the start of the show. Yeah, they introduced her as like a diamond-selling artist. I've never heard of her in my fucking life. Have you? I've never heard of her either. I had to Google her, and then I find out she's got like millions. Yes, she's it's crazy how many followers and how much shit she's made and sold. I'm like, what the four have I been? I'm really old now, man. Fuck. Well, no, like I had the same thing with Bad Bunny until he showed up at Royal Rumble. Oh, no idea who he was. Like no idea. Okay. And then they were like, oh, he is a multi Grammy winning, million selling artist. I was like, nope. How does this happen just right under our nose? (laughs) All this shit. (laughs) Where's Green Day? <laughs> Are the Beatles still a thing? Yeah. <laughs> this, is how we, this is how you get old, guys. This is how you get old. Oh, like, shit. Yeah. I, I 100% agree with you, Steve. Like, um, what a match did they put on. And the mm-hmm. fact that they put that level of trust in Damian Priest, yes, he's an older wrestler, but hopefully this means other stuff down the road because he looked like a gay techno dancer when he came out. I'm not going to lie. Right. Like the outfit was a mistake. The outfit was a mistake. Yeah, it was. He was vibing with what he was doing fully support, but it didn't fit with the character. Um, but I'm hoping that he kind of gets a big, big run in the future. Yeah. Yeah. And again, he's, he's not a young guy either. So it's now or never with him. Exactly. Um, quickly, Omos, what a, Beast. You know what? Okay, here's my pitch before we get into it, because everyone knows what happened. They won the titles. Congratulations, AJ Styles, Grand Slam champ. And actually, quick fact: only person in history to be both a TNA and WWE Grand Slam champ. So, congrats to AJ. Within five years. Within five years. Exactly. Here's my pitch. You know what they should have done? Omas should never have been ever tagged in. AJ should have won the match and then do this for like months where Omas never gets tagged in and it's like a running gag where he's about to tag and then something happens and then AJ eventually always gets the win. And then just never have him wrestle for like almost a year and have them keep that tag title. That would have been beautiful. But like, right? he is one of those those people that just like... Sometimes size doesn't come across on TV. Like we're told Undertaker, Kane and Big Show are big. Yes. But I never really believed it. I never really believed that Big Show is massive. Omos is a true. I believe is big. Like that dude terrified me when he came into the ring. So, um, but it's like yeah. there's a certain way you can carry yourself, right? Like Andre the Giant, obviously, um, yeah. is revered as like one of the a giant, right? Like yeah. one of the yeah. biggest people. He was six foot eight or nine or something like that, which obviously is tall. Um, like Big Show is way bigger than Andre the Giant. Even Kane, like an Undertaker, are around the same sort of giant Gonzalez. Uh, yeah, Gonzalez. <laughs> but the way Andre the Giant held himself, and just yeah. the way, and 
and he sort of had that big face and big Gigantism hands and the way looked, he looked. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He just looked fucking huge. So much bigger than people who are actually taller than him. And yeah. this guy has the same thing going on, I, right? I think we had it with, like, you and me went to see um, a, a Raw live, and Ke- it was Kane and Big Show in a street fight. It was yeah, the first yeah. time seeing them live, and I just went, oh. I was expected to be bigger in person. Right. And then I went and saw NXT a couple of months later and Drew McIntyre came out. Oh, he's a big Drew guy. looked like a beast. Yeah. Like, I was honest, I was quite a way back, but I just remember seeing Drew and going, that dude is massive. But, it, but in British terms, he is, right? Like, we, well, we, yeah, don't, really, like we, don't, we don't really produce big guys <laughs> in Britain. <laughs> like, we're all just a bunch of pasty midgets. So when, like, someone like Fantastic. Drew McIntyre turns up, who's like, ta- he looks like an American pro wrestler, right? right? He sort does. Of the, yeah. the big, sort of jacked, tanned, like, he's got that look about him, which we just don't produce over here. So when, like, this random Scottish dude looks like that, it's even more striking. You pay attention. You pay yeah. attention. Yeah. Um, honestly, I have no bad things to say about night one. Steve, I don't know if you do, but, like, for me... No, it not really. It was good. It was good. Again, and especially Even the cage match, as random as it fucking was. Yeah, I guess. But I still like. I, you, everyone knew fucking thing was gonna squash him. Like, come on, how was Shane gonna? Unless everyone was expecting maybe this is where a new person debuts or something. But other than that, you knew Strowman was just gonna squash him. And again, and how stupid is this? Like, this came out of nowhere. Why is Shane all of a sudden calling the biggest, baddest guy in WWE stupid? Like, who, who in their right mind would do this? Like it oh, made yeah. no who sense to me. Shit? Who gives a shit? Exactly. <laughs> Honestly, who and who believes it? The you know, Braun Strowman's playing this character. He's like, I'm sick of people calling me stupid. This is for all the people that have ever been bullied. <laughs> who the fuck is bullying Braun Strowman? <laughs> Thank you. I'm an I'm an eight foot nine roided jacked bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Just didn't buy. It was all for the like the bump that Shane took at age fifty two. Yeah, sure. That was pretty good. Sure, great. Yeah. Shane, Shane McMahon was sweating and gassed in his fucking in the <laughs> show <laughs> interviews, <laughs> let alone the fucking. Match. Uh, um, and then very quickly, Bianca Belair, yes. Sasha Banks, monumental historical, perfect first way to end it off. Women's main event of WrestleMania. Yeah. Um, Loved it. Bianca killed it. That whip to Sasha. The noise. Did you see afterwards whip? what you mm. looked like? Oof, Mama great match like they, it yes. was just it wasn't the pageantry remember when like last year with Charlotte yeah, Ronda yeah. and that lot it wasn't the pageantry and it was an okay match this was a genuinely good yep. women's match no I totally agree between the, the rocket to Bianca right yeah like, so, and well deserved it. exactly no for yeah. sure alright Wrestlemania night 2 didn't like any of it didn't like any you know what no, no I like it the main event the main event come on um, I feel like Kevin Dunn yeah, hated himself yeah. on night one, and it didn't feel like the camera cuts were too bad and stuff like that. All of a sudden, when I attempted to watch night two, um, the cameras just went mental. It was suddenly, it was like every match, it was like sort of 30 seconds in, the camera's already cut 20 times. It's like, fuck me, like I'm yeah, getting a lot of people watching said that. this shit. Yeah, I just couldn't, but it didn't, it didn't feel like that on night one. I don't know why. I don't know if there was a different sort of, camera director or something running night one than night two I've no idea but it yeah. felt totally different I mean for me just like for night two every match except the main event it's just it either ended ten minutes before it should have or five ten minutes before it should have right. all the competitors just didn't go into that next gear mm-hmm. every single match like Randy Orton versus The Fiend the fiend is selling throughout the whole no selling for everything and then there's that distraction he gets 
dumped by an RKO. Yep. You're watching Nia J- Shayna Baszler. Why was she green as fuck in that match? Like that knee to Natalia was horrendous. Tamina was blown up front though. And sorry, real big rant about the tag teams women division one. This is the first time in 15 years, whatever it is, that Tamina is over with the crowd. Yeah. And you have her lose? I know. What? Like, I honestly thought they were going to win those titles there. Like, and again, there's no, again, uh, except for the, what Shayna did, but she should be getting her singles push again. Like, you know, why is she doing this if she has, like, look what she did in Elimination Chamber. Then all of a sudden this happens. Like, why is she not up there just with side by side by Asuka? You know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn was just flat as fuck. And you have Logan Paul to bring in the celebrity element. And then the day after WrestleMania, his brother gets caught in a sexual misconduct scandal. Like, <laughs> I, had, I hadn't heard about that. So, like, Paul Logan or whatever his face is apparently took a TikToker into a room and sexually assaulted her the night after WrestleMania just came out. And it's just like, fucking hell. But, you know, two people who have amazing chemistry, flat. It felt like a greatest hits match. I was just going to say, you know what? If you've never watched a Sami Zayn and um, Kevin Owens match, yes, it was good. But if you've watched other other stuff, even in WWE, fuck ROH and everything else before that. If you just watched other, they've put on better matches. I agree. Yeah, it was still decent though. It wasn't bad. It was still yeah. It was it was it was fine. But you know, outside of the main event, Sheamus and Riddle, I thought that was going to be a sleeper match. But it was okay. Deliver. I never mind it. Delivered. Yeah, it was a good. I thought they had great okay. chemistry. How about this? I've always backed Sheamus. Do I've you, always stuck with Sheamus. Do you like the flying doves that come out of Riddle's feet now? All of a sudden? No, that's fucking awful. Like, and how does that make sense? Stop doing the three D animation stuff. It just doesn't work. Um, the the one thing I'm curious, like, I don't know if from your perspective, Steve, is okay. for me, it felt like when Sheamus was going for his white noise finisher from the top rope, that was the finish. But then when he slipped oh. and fell off. Um, Good point. Whether he call, called an audible and then went, we'll do a broke kick of you doing a backflip. Which was even better. So good. So good. Like, Riddle got fucked up, but it looked impressive. Well, and, <laughs> and no one commented the RVD and Matt Riddle met backstage and an RVD casually promoted his own Rizzlers. I, I was going to bring that up. And how awkward as fuck was that? Everyone's like waiting for Kali to say something. Kali's just staring. And you saw it in his face. He's like... I forgot. I forgot, man. Keep talking. I don't know what RVD's I'm doing here. RVD's coming on. He's coming on. <laughs> right? RV, RVD has been in I don't give a fuck mode for a good five, six years now, I think. Like, if oh, you pay attention to his Twitter and, like, the various shoot interviews he's done and stuff like that, he doesn't give a shit. He's loving life. And I love this RVD that's like that as well. <laughs> Imagine 10 years earlier of just, like, a riddle RVD tag team promo section. Just, oh. Hooked up to like go to the AEW route and just have old man managers manage the younger versions of themselves. Give RVD to Matt Riddle and I'd be you know ecstatic. See, but there was one um, funny thing and one missed opportunity, and I'm not going to take credit for this. This was a, well, actually, a, a former guest. Go check it out too. Vinny Massaro from uh, Lucha Underground fame. He he brought up the point where why not call it the Rolling Thunder for the, his rolling papers? What a missed opportunity! Ah, oh, that would have been awesome, right? Gold. Come on, man. Why? Yeah, that, it writes itself, baby. Why is that podcast got to do all the work around here? Fucking <laughs> hell. Apollo Crews versus Big E. Fuck, what's a Nigerian drum fight when you use Japanese kendo sticks? Thank you. And no drums. And Thank no you. drums. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that one too. Yes, you, you are right. Rhea Ripley versus Asuka. Rhea looked like 
a green as fuck jobber. I don't know if it was nerves or what, but she oh, just looked cool. not comfortable. And you know what? It didn't I click thought, with I me. That was all right. It didn't, and even the whole uh, Rhea Ripley character, it doesn't click with me. Like I, I never liked her in NXT. Even like I don't. There's just something about it where I don't know if it's not her being able to act because I don't know if you guys watch Raw as well where she was literally reading off a cue card and you could tell so, and I, I don't know there's just something it doesn't click like how Charlotte was like three years ago when everyone loved Charlotte I was still I, she doesn't click now I think Charlotte's one of the greatest women of all time to ever put on a pair of boots but like you know what I mean I see the potential but she's still not there how with all the hype behind her I don't think she deserves it yet but, but I get torn <laughs> Jesse's opinion always counts um, <laughs> but I feel like Charlotte and Rhea worked last year I just didn't feel like her and Asuka worked but uh, yeah main event okay yes Roma Reigns Edge and Daniel Bryan did you cry that dream for me did you cry like, the whole time mate the whole time well while using that Vaseline <laughs> Vaseline had a great time. Little throwback, which I don't know if it was intentional. Randy Orton comes out in white gear. Edge comes out in white gear. Mm. A little bit of uh, rated RKO love going on. Maybe, maybe. It was it was shocked. I yelled at my TV. Edge is in white. Edge is in white. <laughs> little moment. Um. Oh, what a match! Yeah, what it was a good. triple threat match. It was a good triple threat. I I agree. Unbelievable. As well. It was the right balance of wrestling versus like the no DQ element. Yes. Loved it. And it was fast paced. Yeah, yeah, too much camera. But it was nicely fast-paced. There was no, like, dead time. There was no, like, sleeper hold, so to speak, or rest holds, as they call it, whatever the the terminology is. But it, I loved it. Like, the chair spots were great. The table spots were great. Everything about it, I don't know. It was a great... You know what? I don't, I don't know if it's as good, but it was almost as there as the original triple threat that Daniel Bryan was during the Yes movement and all that shit. I, I personally loved it in terms of like the violence that they were doing, the weapons that they were using, um, the interferences with like just the right amount. And like, I loved reading the comments afterwards of everyone complaining, oh, Jay, you still get involved, and I can't believe Roman won. It was the perfect outcome. Daniel Bryan winning would have just been like a transitional champion. Edge would have been too much of a sob story. But Roman dragging Edge over Daniel Bryan and pinning them both. As the tribal chief was just for yeah, me. but see, but that's what I like too, because now it leaves a little bit of wiggle room where Edge still pinned Daniel Bryan, so you like he was technically on top of the guy who was lying on the floor, so he should win, no? Because Edge's shoulders went on the mat, he was on his front, and it was Daniel Bryan that was pinned. Exactly. So, so I think they're going to play into that. Edge's shoulders should have been on on the mat as well. Yes, but uh, yeah, exactly right. But it just made Roman look so good, and like. Yes. Wow done WE for taking the opportunity that like the first time you have Roman hated and as a proper heel, you lead into it. And now, you make him you pin the baby faces and you take that title. Can you imagine Love the next person to take that title off of uh Roman who, how big they're gonna fucking be? Yeah. Yeah. It's it, this is old school booking. It's Thank, you. Booking. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Like just Get this monster heel. Give him someone. Like Paul Heyman, by the way, is doing some of the best work of his fucking career. Of course, by like, doing nothing. best on camera work. Yeah, it's just incredible. He's just, making Roman better. He looks at Roman Reigns with fear. That's yep. all Paul Heyman does. He doesn't go it's on the mic. He just looks at him like, I don't know what this man is going to do. And because you know Paul Heyman's history from a kayfabe perspective, if he can handle some more like Brock Lesnar, but he's worried about Roman Reigns, mm. you know you should be worried about him. Yeah, and like you said, Steve, genius. all of this is leading towards someone winning the title off of Roman Reigns and becoming the biggest fucking star. 
And I, you know what? They need that because I think they realize they need like because throughout the history there's always been one like San Martino, Hogan, Andre, like you know what I mean. And then finally someone took the torch, except for when it was Stone Cold and The Rock. So I think WWE's finally figured out. Let's have a foil for Roman. So then after we have number one and number two, and they're both on the opposite sides, and they could just take it and run. And then if one of them is out, they still could lean on the other one. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Like I don't know who that person's going to be. I don't like, know I'm either. Of the roster, I have no idea, who man. That could possibly be, but Johnny uh, Gargano. Johnny Gargano, get him in <laughs> wrestling. <laughs> But, you know, this is, um, f- from a fan standpoint, obviously you guys know how big of an edge fan, edge mark I am. Yes. Um, this is the best work he's ever done from a promo perspective. Everything he's done has just been the best he's produced. But this is how good this match was, that when he ate the pin, I went, good fucking decision. Yeah. Like, yes, Edge, if he took to the Universal Championship, then he'd be a complete grand slam. He would hold every title that's ever been produced. Right. And that would make sense. But mm-hmm. I went... Great. No, Edge didn't need to win that. Yeah, yeah, no, totally I totally agree. agree. Okay, so we're over an hour here. I usually have a word story of the week. We'll get to that quickly because I just pulled one out of my ass because I just thought of something. Since you guys are got to five out of five, what do you rate the whole weekend? Okay, I don't know if I can do the whole weekend because, like, honestly, and fair play, Takeover was terrible, and <laughs> WrestleMania beat it for the first time ever. I know. So I'm going to go each night individually. Okay, so. Standard deliver night one, I'll give three and a half stars. Okay. Uh, night two, one and a half to two at a push. WrestleMania night one, four stars. Easily. Nice. Easily. Um, night two, three stars at a push, but it's only saved by Seamus Riddle in the main event. The rest to me was a bit trash. I'll go with four for everything all around. Because if, yeah. if, if you think about it, if they took the best five or six matches from both shows and made that into one show... I think it would have been a perfect weekend. Yeah, I would I would go for three out of five, but I think an extra star needs to be added just because we had a fucking audience back. Yes. And that just Which, sort of added so much oh to it. God. And I've been so disillusioned with wrestling the last year because it's hard, I just I can't know. I can't enjoy it when there's not a, an audience there, not a real audience there. I just can't do it. And um, I think, yeah, that, that added a star for me. Just the fact yeah. there was real people there enjoying it. That first match with, like, McIntyre's and few Everyone was so psyched. Everyone was just like, yeah. <laughs> and that just carried over. I loved it. The crowd was still dicks and did shitty chants, but it was nice to see them. They booed nice. Hogan. You I was just going to say, yes, oh, they booed like, Hogan. Honestly. Every time he talked, fuck. boo. <laughs> Good. And, like, what I love was Titus was just like done with that shit like Hogan was really pushing the brother thing more than he pushes the brother thing in his whole life <laughs> right Titus brother what do we say we give these guys a good show brother <laughs> Titus is just fucking rolling his eyes like fuck off but I love it's like so you can just imagine Vince in the back he's like hmm Hogan Hogan got booed that's not good what should we do and send all. them out tomorrow in pirate oh, costumes <laughs> that'll, that'll change their minds also, oh Vince, first night of WrestleMania opening the show. We rarely get to see Vince on uh, on TV. Looking like a ventriloquist motherfucking dummy. Right? Yep. He can't say He's drawn his eyebrows on. Yeah. Like, I know he's an what older if, man. Okay, now. we all know Vince McMahon is a billionaire and he has connections to everything. What if this is his clone? Oh, I see. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. the Benoit storyline. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Didn't Rod die recently? You don't know Rod, Rod die. 
Roger, yeah, you know who Rod is, but uh, yeah, Rod Rod McMahon, um, Vince's brother. Oh yes, yeah, I saw that. But yeah, um, so, so for people we, listening, um, it was Vince McMahon's actual brother, and apparently the storyline where Vince blew up in the limousine. I read this too. The Chris Benoit death. Yes, Rod was meant to come out and kind of take control of WE for the first time uh, ever. Yes. Yeah, but that obviously never happened, and Rod has never been on telly, and I've never Poor had guy. anything to do with wrestling, and I'm kind of a bit obsessed with him. Like, I want to know. Who he is and what? Do you know what I mean? Like, imagine just live, being a normal person and Vince McMahon's your brother. That's fucking mental, right? Like, I want to know. Barbecue. I want to know how close they were. Yeah, exactly. All this shit. I, I imagine Vince would like ring him every Thanksgiving or whatever, and he'd be like, "Rod, it's McMahon." <laughs> like, I really want him to answer the phone like that. I'm gonna make out with my daughter. I'm pregnant. Her. Have a good Christmas. Jesus Christ. I want to know everything about Rod McMahon, but there's barely anything out there. Oh. All right. So the weird story, quickly. How about this? Jericho being on Stone Cold's podcast on the Peacock slash WWE Network. How about that for yeah. weird? Hell froze over. Yeah, that was weird, wasn't it? Right? Um, I haven't cool, watched though. it yet. No, I'm, I'm it's gonna a, watch it. It's not bad, but it's. I think it's too long though. It's like over two hours. I was like, "What the two fuck?" Hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, "Shit!" But you know what? Once you start watching it, because again, it's good because they know each other. They could swap stories, and they talk about AEW. They talk about everything. Like you know what I mean? So it's not one of those. Oh, just we could only talk about WWE TV, and it even showed a picture of him yeah, holding the AEW World Title on WWE TV. How weird is that? Yeah, I heard him talking about Naito and like yes. why he decided to leave. He didn't want to fight The Undertaker, so he ended up wrestling Naito instead. Right. Um, and yeah, to me, I just I just can't. And, and then getting drunk too out, was classic. We kept <laughs> taking shots. When they announced that this show was going to happen, I was, I was shocked when Jericho was like, not shocked, but like wrestling fans always like to think that wrestling is more dramatic than it actually is but apparently the conversation went the stone cold went oh i want to have jericho on the podcast on the network are you cool with that Jer- vince mcmahon went sure and austin went are you certain yeah. because you know he works for AEW." and then vince went thumbs up thumbs up emoji yep. and that was it like that's how much of a shit he gives it's like yeah and the, as as the time goes on i love stone cold more and more because like his um, all these podcasts that he's done on network. Do you remember way back when, when he did the first one with Vince McMahon? Yes, mm. of course. And it was like the glass and ceiling like, one, and him mentioning yeah, millennials yeah. for the first time on TV. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, but straight away, Stone Cold was just like, you know, in there saying yeah. sort of, you know, oh, I've been in the room. They, they don't seem as hungry as they were back in the day. Yeah, let's talk about CM Punk because that was sort of hot at the time. Yes, CM Punk had exactly. Left and, and just fucking Stone Cold man, like. He never, he, yeah, he never oversteps the line, but he knows exactly the questions we all want to hear. Yeah. And he's got that charisma and personality where he can ask them and not offend the person he's talking to exactly. and just get straight answers out. He's such a straight-talking dude. Fucking amazing interviewer, like you said, Max, and um, gr- perfect for podcasting, really. God, he's, God bless being Texan, because he can just go, so let me ask you. Let me ask you. And that, and apparently that just breaks down everyone's defences. And he can just say whatever the fuck he wants. Um, but yeah, who would have thought that Stone Cold right. would be the uh, the Larry King of the wrestling generation? It's amazing. Right. No, it's fantastic. And I, I like this, again, the forbidden door type thing, right? I know it. everyone's already jumping the gun. Oh, yeah, this is going to mean you're going to be... No, nah, you're not going to see any of that for any time soon. But at least you know there's the possibility. Because, again, I don't know if people remember, when Ric Flair was inducted into the Hall of Fame, he was in TNA. 
So yeah, yeah, he yeah. came over, and Dawa at the time was like, oh my God. And then Christian went to TNA for their Hall of Fame to in, uh, induct, I think it was Stinger or someone, or I can't remember who it was. Like, you know, and he was under WWE contract. So this has happened before, but. No, no he got inducted himself. He was being honored himself. Oh, is that what it is? Okay. Yeah. See? But no one's really wrestled from another company under contract while in WWE, and I don't think that's going to happen. I mean, I, I love the teasing, this whole forbidden door thing with like, and I love AEW's approach where they want to work with everyone and like, Kenny and everyone's playing it very smart where they're just saying like, we'll work with WWE, we don't give a shit, because they know that benefits them in the long run, of they're course. putting the ball in WWE's core, yes. um, and it's brilliant, you know, and maybe so WWE will take them up on that one day, where they're like, NXT and AEW do a crossover show, huge, yeah, you know, I think now nowadays, like, People so desperately want the Monday Night War vibe of the 90s, right? Yeah. And nowadays, with streaming and on-demand shit and stuff, I think WE and like Jericho being on Stone Cold's thing um, is an example of this. Like Vince McMahon, hopefully, and WE as a whole, is finally coming around to the idea that people can actually watch everything it just, just because right? they're watching AEW doesn't Thank mean you. they're not watching WE and vice versa exactly. whereas in the 90s it did because it was only on Monday nights right Makes like sense. at that time yeah, so yeah. if you weren't watching that you're watching this but now you can watch anything whenever yeah. you want exactly and, and now and now it's even better because now every day of the week there's different wrestling you got Raw Monday you got NXT Tuesday you got AEW Wednesday you got Impact Thursday you got Smackdown Friday sprinkle in Ring of Honor and and NWA, then you got the pay-per-views on the weekend. You can watch everything. Yeah, yeah. Whatever you, if you're that diehard of a fan, and the whole Wednesday Night War thing was just such a, it was like, stupid. fuck off. It was, it was stupid. so stupid. Like, you just watch what you watch. The viewership didn't change as much. Like, if people were actually alive or experienced the actual Monday Night Wars, you would know that there was actual shifts in ratings and it was like yeah. an actual battle between companies. This was just Cody every once in a while did a little dig. That was it. Exactly. By the way, though, I agree, but couldn't NXT have waited three more weeks before they um, before they moved to Tuesdays? Because it was the 80th week of the Wednesday Wars, and um. Nitro and Raw famously <laughs> went ahead for 83 weeks. Right? Just wait three more weeks and just make it 83 weeks as well. That would have been lovely. Right. Yeah. Would have been perfect, but uh, no, I'm happy. I'm happy. glad we don't have that stupid rating war anymore. It will still continue, but whatever. Fantastic. All right, gentlemen, plug your shit where people can find you. Anything up and coming? Floor is all yours. All right, people who don't know us, you should by now because uh, Steve's <laughs> listenership doesn't exactly grow. So uh, come on, no, <laughs> no, we um, got one listener, one listener. <laughs> so. We have five episodes left. If you've not tuned into us before, now's the time to get into us because this is where we're going to be putting out our best shit ever. Um, we've got good stuff coming out. We've had good episodes in the past, we promise. If you like the wrestling stuff, go back and check that out. You can buy merch from us at gottill5.tmail.com. But we'll be live every Thursday-ish from about 8.30 UK time on YouTube and Twitch. We always like having a conversation with you guys, so find us on Twitter at GotTill5 to stay in tune to that. Jesse, there's a website they can go to for all of this information, and that is... GotTill5.com! We'll be live this Thursday for something Tomorrow. fun and exciting. Shit, we'll be live... Well, this comes out on Friday. Well, no, um, actually, here we go. Big announcement, I'm shifting the releases to Thursday evening now. So, our time Thursday, your Thursday time... Your time Friday. Thursday Night Wars! 
shots. That's it. We're doing it. <laughs> Go live, Steve. Go live. All right, so next Thursday, check us out. We're going live, 8.30 UK time. We'll no, today to you're going there. live. If you're listening to this today, it's going live. Exactly. At the end of the podcast, two hours later. Um, <laughs> but Steve, thank you for having us. Um, even when got to a five end, we want to be here for Royal Rumbles. We want to be here for Mania Survivor Series Summer Slams. I love doing this with you. Um, thank you for having us on. Fair. And you'll always be on the new shit we do in the future and we will do new and exciting shit after got till five that's awesome and for myself you can find me on instagram twitter under finger styles follow the podcast on twitter the podcast dap email us your thoughts suggestions comments anything you want to get off your chest at the podcast dap at gmail.com please rewind to the top of the show support those fine sponsors because if it helps them out it helps me out and please rate subscribe review on all major platforms any last parting words um, well, I just want to say that you all should go to bossfightbooks.com, you idiots, and buy a book about video games and that. And funny enough, it just popped into my head that firstrow.ca, with that sweet, sweet promo code of that podcast oh 20 oh you can get nerd culture collectibles, wrestling figures, and they're based out of Winnetoba. 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 Winnipeg, Manitoba. So go support these um, people. Love you all. On that note, he's Max. I'm wow. I was gonna say I'm Jesse. Holy shit! <laughs> you you are a Jesse. I'm Steve. He's Jesse. <laughs> he's Max. He's Jesse. I'm Steve. This is the podcast. Peace.